Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today, a topic we have never covered. It's like a hybrid business growth topic. You're going to love this on the podcast today. It's Rick Cottrell, CEO of bizresults.com. Rick, it's so great to have you on the podcast. I'm so glad we just met. This is awesome. Yeah, thanks. I'm uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, this is uh, this is something that I was looking forward to as well. I have never covered a company like yours on the podcast, and so I was so excited to to learn about just your background and then what your company is doing for so many others. So, um, before we dive in, though, I got to ask. So, you start. You you actually do have a technology and applied science background, like in from school and whatnot, and then you got into customer engagement and database marketing. And how did you get into the entrepreneurship space? Like, what what did this story look like? For for you so um, well uh, you know first of all I have to back up a little bit because my uh, my mom was an entrepreneur as well uh-huh. but I didn't really know what that yeah I didn't really know what that meant she uh, was in the uh, in the daycare space but not you know like where you have kids in your home that type of thing I mean she had a a, a huge facility uh, hundreds of, of kids and and you know I didn't really appreciate that until I got older and um, knew what it was all about. So the entrepreneurship thing really started um, <clears throat> as I'm working for companies. And I figured out that I wasn't real happy about that. I didn't like, I didn't like working for somebody else, but I didn't know what that meant. You know, and totally. I went through the process of writing. You go to school, you, you graduate, and then you get a job, and you put in your 30 years, and then, you know, you get a watch, <laughs> and, you know, and then right. eventually you push up daisies, right? <clears throat> and so, so I knew early on that that wasn't my bag. And um, <clears throat> even with autonomy uh, as part of uh, the different things that I did, was, you know, partnership and a consulting firm, fairly large one out of Washington, D.C. Sure. Uh, that, still, that didn't cut the mustard. Um, giving me shares in a company didn't cut the mustard. And, and finally, uh, I realized uh, and came to the realization uh, that I was unemployable. And that's what I tell people. That <laughs> <first>. Unemployable. <clears throat> You're unemployable. I mean, can you imagine, after owning a company and um, having employees and growing a company, you know, um, if you ever try to go back and interview with another business and you just sit there and you go, wait a minute. What am I doing? You know, I know more. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I know more than these guys do. Why the heck am I going to be working for them. So, you know, you come, come to the realization that unless you do it on your own, unless you're, you, you follow through with your entrepreneurial feelings, um, you'll never be happy and you'll have regrets at the end of your life. So that's, so the day was when I was 28 years old. Um, I met a gentleman in Detroit, Michigan, who owned numerous car dealerships. And I said to him one day, we were introduced. I said, Hey, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to I'd like to start a database marketing company, which at that time was very unique. Sure. Um, and I'd like to become a tier one supplier to the big three, um, which is a position A if you're a supplier yep. to General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler, for example. And um, <clears throat> he looked at my idea. We put a business plan together, and he funded it. And there you have it. So I wow. had wow. my first embarking on 
uh, entrepreneurism and uh, immediately found myself two million dollars in debt and uh, you know <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> and couldn't sleep at night and my right. wife was uh, was uh, sleeping soundly next to me and <laughs> like man I can't even tell her what what's, what's going on right? yeah exactly so uh, and all personally tied to it so the um, so that's really when I discovered it and uh, the rest is history I um, have been from that point forward uh, truly owning my own companies yeah I find that so interesting what you said a couple minutes ago in in the whole idea of being unemployable and I wonder how many people are listening going oh my god that's me like I'm bouncing between jobs uh, or I you know I think I can work for a big company or a medium-sized company but it just seems like it never works out or I'm constantly restless like I do wonder if that's a, the bug of a, an entrepreneur you know yeah, yeah, and there are a lot of people that um, don't take the plunge, and I think it becomes regretful to them the older they get. I was with a um, an executive with a with a financial services company, and he was telling me, you know, <clears throat> I've always wanted to take the plunge and do my own thing, but I've got safety here. Um, they treat me right, but you know what? Every day I still think about the fact that you know what, I really want to do my own thing, but they never take the step, right? They never they never jump into the entrepreneurial space. I think you're right. And a lot of people talk about it or will come up and ask you about it after a speech or come and talk to you about your experience and, and wish and want and maybe in one day, but then you're right, they just don't follow through. What, what do you think is the driver, before we jump into your company, of course, What what's the driver behind that? Is it just a is it the risk? Is it the fear of failure? What, what what have you found in the people you've worked with? Well, I think there's numerous reasons, but here's something. So part of what we do is we, for leadership teams, we'll actually run some analytics that'll tell us the probability that one of your leadership team members or somebody in your organization could be the next you, you know, if you're oh, a well. business owner. Got it. And so one of the, one of the, there's a lot of factors in Thing. But one of the things that we've kind of keyed in on is if their tolerance for risk is low, okay, they have a hard time making the jump to be a, an entrepreneurial business owner's replacement. That low risk, there's a, there's a thing in their behavior that precludes them from wanting to take the risk. Got it. And so that's a very common thread. We see that quite a bit. Interesting. Wow. Well, um, let's talk about bizresults.com. So tell us the, the background on the company, award-winning business growth consultancy, helping business owners reach scalable and predictable growth. Um, talk about what that means and how you had the idea for this. I know it's not brand new, but certainly evolving and growing. Um, so share with our listeners a little bit about the company. Yeah. So... Um First of all, I um, have to back up a little bit. I've always had this passion to help small to mid-sized companies. And uh, the reason I got on that crusade was because when I was a small mid-sized company um, numerous times, I found it insulting <laughs> that I was the redheaded stepchild of, of companies that would help me want to be successful. So it seems like a service provider, for example, that works with, with uh, businesses, the minute they get the taste of large account selling, 
they move in that in that way. And they lose. And, they and, stop talking to the small and mid-sized guy. Is yeah, that what you're saying? Got it. Yeah, okay. Ex- exactly. Yeah, the small, mid-sized uh, business owner, entrepreneurs, and what I'm talking about are 10 to 250 employee sure. companies. That, Got it. that category, right? And so, um, in the back of my mind, I've always had this this feeling that you know what, those folks need help. I needed help, and through the process of growing the businesses that I've had. Um, I put together uh, some basic processes, systems, some proprietary IP that, that I utilize to help grow. And after we sold our last company about three years ago, it was a wholesaling distribution company, um, I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to take the leap and I'm going to put a business together to help these, these companies out, right? Price it correctly, you know, don't take advantage of them, but do something where we can get them to be extremely scalable and grow, right? And, and so anyway, that's where the whole idea got started. And about uh, two and a half years ago, you know, we put the capital together to do this and we started developing and bringing on tools that and processes and developing our own IP that would help move the needle in these companies. And so far, the success has been fabulous. I mean, um, our latest uh, success is with a you know commercial roofing company, and we've grown them in the last 12 months, even with COVID, forty percent uh, on their top line. And their fall through is is very attractive, so they're putting a lot of money to their bottom line. You know, we take a look at that too. But, you know, and, and that's what it's all about. I get real excited about that, helping folks. Helping folks uh, realize their dream and their company actually is the driver behind their personal why. You know, getting all the stuff that, you know, putting their kids through school, you know, putting money away to take care of their parents when they get older. Um, all, all, you know, buying a house that they really want. And, you know, all of that stuff, right? You have to know what you your why is before you can... You sure. can have your business produce anyway. So, so talk about, so let's just use that example. So what are the things and the levers that you've helped pull for that company to see that kind of growth? In other words, what are the services and, and whatnot that you're offering? Yeah, no, good point. So um, first of all, uh, and we call it bulletproofing your business, right? And so the first thing that you need is a foundation, right? A business operating system. We have selected the entrepreneurial operating system. I've been using that system for a long time. It works very well. Simple to understand. Gina Wickman did it. I'll put it together um, out of Detroit. The book Traction, um, if you're familiar with that. And so that the EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system, is a fantastic platform for growth, right? Because it takes a look at the six key components in any business. Um, you know, the vision component, people, data, issues or a root cause analysis, your processes, and then developing traction so everybody in the company is aligned to implementing it. The next uh, thing is you got to have the right people and resources. And man, I'm telling you, um, the number of companies that have the wrong people in the organization, either in the wrong seats, or, or they're not really on the team the lack of efficiency and lost dollars in that. So we go through and we make sure you got the right people in the right seat. And that saves a ton of money. Um, We go so far as to sourcing those people for you because we do a better job than these companies do of finding the right people because we don't use a fog the mirror kind of a test, right? We're, you know, we're making sure that they can do the work and there's a high probability that they'll be successful 
The second, the third part is the dynamic roadmap, and this is the exciting stuff, right? So that's basically understanding where you came from, where you are, and where you're going. And then he used predictive analytics to show you where you're going and make adjustments based on the levers you're pushing within the organization. And that is that is real exciting stuff. We use a BI platform. We're moving to artificial intelligence. I mean, sure. that's where I that's where I really wow. enjoy um, spending my time in that particular yeah, well, you have, area. And you got a, a background in that space, so I'm sure mm-hmm. for you it's especially interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, um, you know, like this morning, I was on a conference call with a client and we were talking about um, how do we carve the geography up for um, field sales organization. And my, um, you, you know, and they were talking about their perception of their target audience and our target prospect. And my comment was, we don't even know what the target prospect is. So how are you able to determine how you're splitting your territories up? You, you have no idea. You just have numbers on a spreadsheet. That doesn't tell me where I need to point my resources at in order to maximize my return. And um, so that's, a, that's another part of the whole thing, which is really exciting. But, um, and we even delve, delve into the personal why. How do you take your personal why and drive it into your business so that when you're generating revenue, you're satisfying the stuff that you really want to do? Because, yeah, most companies just, the business owners are kind of rolling along, especially if they're real technical, right? They'll keep rolling along and, you know, and pay themselves X number of dollars. But they, <laughs> And then at the end, they'll go, what have I gotten out of this, man? And that's and so barely we, anything. we want to help with that. Yeah. yeah. So, and, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. an interesting one. Let's unpack that for a minute. So yeah, talk sure. about the technical leaders versus the front of house or uh, non-technical, let's say non-technical leader, like what's the difference? And do you ever coach, you know, companies to put the technical leader in a technical role and let someone else lead? You know what I mean? Like, what does that look like? Absolutely. So for example, um, one of the key uh, things that you have to define as a leader is what kind of a leader are you? And, um, you know, if you take ego aside, for example, for example, you know, with me, it took me a while to learn this. So I'm a visionary. So I'm a big idea person, but I need somebody when I get the idea put together to throw over the wall somebody else to catch it execute. and get it done. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? And yep. so a business owner needs to know what side of the wall they're on, right? And if they're yep. on the if they're on the visionary wall, then they need somebody in the back end that can help them get everything taken care of. If they're on the back end, meaning they're technical, and they, then one of the biggest reasons that we find companies don't progress, don't get maximum potential, is because they only operate in their sphere of understanding as a technical person. Sure. So they're fearful, and selling and marketing and being out there is really a mystery to them. And those companies are losing the, an opportunity dollars, I would say, Take their top line and just multiply it by 30, 40, 50, 60%. I mean, it's wow. just incredible. Yeah, I yeah. just I just interviewed another um, podcast guest that literally today, and he's, he's also a CEO of a, a startup um, in the consumer goods world, and he was saying, I'm not the idea guy, but I know how to take the idea and execute on it to bring it to life, to do, to do put the wrapper around it with marketing and sales and whatnot. And Anyway, and he was just talking about the value of having that role separated from the the uh, the idea 
creative side. So anyway, it's just interesting. Um, so how do companies find you? I mean, like, how are you building your business? Is it been word of mouth? Has it been advertising? Like, how do how have you grown this business? Well, you know, we um, we're referral based primarily, and um, people will, you know, through through SEO, we'll get people to get attracted to our website. We have a PR company um, that uh, helps us out, but. But the other thing we are is out there and very progressive in terms of things we're doing. And we're not afraid to talk about the successes. And uh, we do. And people get attracted to that. Plus, I love speaking, whether it's virtual or in person. Obviously, the in-person stuff is over now. But but I'll speak. But primarily, uh, people get referred to us. And, and i got to tell you, I don't have a problem with that right now. Because we've got more business than we know what to do with, <laughs> and um, I'm, you know, I'm like anybody. I'm look, yeah, I'm looking for resources. I mean, we just brought on a uh, people science person that's doing a great job uh, doing the things we just talked about. We just brought on a uh, uh, somebody that does sales strategy and results driven sales management training and high impact management. Which, by the way, I want to tell you this: when I meet with a lead, uh, an entrepreneurial owner and their leadership team. I'm already discounting the fact that they're leaders, right? Because nine out of 10 companies, they're, they're not leaders. They were selected to come into the room because they happened to do something good. And now they're transforming into leaders. And uh, that's a problem. So we found a gap filler for that because we want to bring those people up. At the end of the day, I think you can, you can uh, um, agree with this, but at the end of the day, if I want to grow, there's one company, a manufacturing company, growing from four to 20 million. And so, you know, in our meeting, I said, you guys in the room here, you need to be $20 million people. Okay. So, you know, for your 4 million, I know because that's where you've been for five years. Let's get you to 20. So it's incumbent upon you uh, to get yourself through the ceiling personally and professionally and become a $20 million leader. And so that, uh, does that make sense to you? It does. It absolutely does. And, you know, for you guys, how is your comp model based on growth and sales results or is it truly like fixed fee or I'm just curious to know how the, like, how do companies contract with you? Um, <clears throat> well, in turn, we've got uh, rate cards. Okay. For got it. So you that, that makes make sense. Easy. And, um, you know, our, our mode is we don't want to be engagement driven from A to B, we're more of a reoccurring involvement. Um, and some of the stuff that makes us sticky is you don't want to, like our sales train, sales leader training has 24 modules. Sure. You can't learn them all in 30 days. I mean, it takes a good year and a half to, to become really good. Um, so we've got, uh, we've got the, the model built for that. The BI, the, the business intelligent platform is a reoccurring because, you know, you want to know um, in very, Quick terms, how am I doing as a company? Sure. I want to see the numbers. Absolutely. And we're, yeah, we, we API that back into their financial system, too. Wow, that's awesome. Um, you know, and you've been growing this business for a couple of years now. Um, tell me, what have been like one or two of the lessons learned you'd share with other entrepreneurs out there that have that are either building a business, want to build a business, or kind of in the middle of of you know, kind of coming out of this difficult COVID time? But what what would what would you say are one or two of your coaching um, suggestions? Yeah. So, uh, number one is, um, the world is changing. It's a new normal coming and I don't care what industry you're in. I mean, if you're lucky and you happen to own a, 
you know, a face mask company. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> but, mo- but most of us, most, most of us don't. And so the one advice I would give is you got to invent your own economy. Oh, you got to calm down. Yeah, calm down. Invent your invent your own economy. You got to figure it out. I mean, you you can't. No woe is me. I mean, you got your PPP money. Maybe you got EIBL money too. But at the end of the day, that's going to run out. So you need to be prepared, and you got to start thinking about taking advantage of the surge. Like I call it the surge. You know, your competitors. There's a bunch of them out there. This is what I tell folks. Your competitors are cowering in the shade in the shadows. You need to jump out there and prepare yourself for the surge because you're going to be the winner if you do. And that in, that involves uh, inventing your own economy. And then the other thing that I would say is now's a good time to start looking at retooling your business from a people perspective. And the analogy I used in my life always with every company, like the NFL uh, franchise, the teams. If I can find a better inside linebacker, I'm signing them. And guess what? The other guy's getting put, uh, you know, getting put on waivers. On waivers, And right. so, yeah, this is a good time to start looking at people. And the musical chairs are going to start here in about a week or two. And they're going to end abruptly mid-July, towards the end of July. So now's the time to seek out um, better ah, resources, better people for your company, right? Because okay. once the... Once the gravy train stops, this, the musical chairs are going to start, and people are going to be left without a seat. Right. So um, you need to start looking for those people. <laughs> musical chairs. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of companies are going to be shifting things and looking to refine and uh, refocus, right, coming out of this um, as things are opening back up so they can come out. Or at least I hope companies, the ones that are preparing ahead are making moves now so that as things come back online, they're, they're actually going further faster. Yeah. And, and um, you know, with a, by making your business a scalable entity, right? Now, it's almost synonymous Joseph, with like franchising your business. And so if you've got that structure developed, you know, you would be having the conversations about the pandemic deal back in December. You would have been able to have those conversations like we did with our clients. So we were prepared when the, the you know, the crap hit the fan to start thinking differently. And the ones that didn't were panicking. And, um, you know, it was just a, it's, it's just a bad thing. So, you know, this time of, of down, this downtime, if you will, um, is a good time to get your company structured properly so that you can weather any future problems or adversity that we may. And it's going to happen again. I mean, it's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Something will happen, yeah. We've had good practice, at least on this one. Um, share with our audience where they can find you, how they can connect with you, how they can learn more, um, and whatnot. Yeah. So bizresults.com is the website. It's an and, awesome website, uh, by the way. I love the inter- oh, interactivity of oh, it. It's awesome. It's oh, like, this you. is great. Yeah, thank you. We're going to go through a revision here shortly. I think you'll be excited with that. And then um, the other side of it is LinkedIn, Rick Cottrell, R-I-C-K-C-O-T-T-R-E-L-L. And that's the two ways to do it. And all they have to do is uh, let, let me know they want to talk. Hey, talking is free. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a great listener and um, I'd love to love to talk to folks and hear what's going on out there. I love it. Well, very cool concept. Um, I like how you 
partner with other companies around results. I love your leadership thinking. It's really interesting. Um, well, I, I like this idea. Did you just say you were bringing out a people scientist? A What did you call it? I call it people science because... People science. I, I, I can't yeah. even let the podcast in without at least having you define that one. That's fascinating. So people, yeah. So people science is taking analytics, coupling them with some of the subjective stuff that goes on right now. And, you know, the running... My, my uh, one-liner, you can use this whenever you want, is <laughs> when somebody says, can I, can I give you my resume? My response is, yeah, I, I, li- I love fiction. Let me have a copy of it. <laughs> And so, and so what, what was something that was big with me as we grew our companies that I think is important and the amount of money wasted on bad hires. So we brought somebody on that we have a full line of assessments that gives probability of success. We do job benchmarking, source the people, the whole schmear. And uh, this individual we brought on board is a, is a home run at doing it. Our clients love her. And um, it's just a, we're going to grow that side of our business because small, mid-sized companies do not do a very good job of bringing no. the right people into the company. A lot of times they struggle with resources too, just to, to know, to, to put in that front end thinking or prioritization. Well, and okay, cool. I thank you for defining that. Um, Rick, man, it's been awesome having you on. I really love, I mean, it got a good, you've got an interesting company, but then some really great thinking around it. So uh, I appreciate you coming on. Would love to have you back on in the next year. Talk about, you know, post COVID, um, how some of the companies you're working with are growing and some of the things you've done with them, if that's good with you. Absolutely. Well, thanks, More than man. happy to do it. Happy to help. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.